Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, the sports editor. Uh, he's sitting next to me. Well, he's next to me on the screen. He's in San Diego. I'm in Peoria. Hello, Jay. Uh, I want to get the first thing out of the way. Fernando Tatis Jr. has lost one pound. He is fine. He will be back in the lineup tomorrow. That is at least the expectation. He has missed, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is his fifth game, his uh, fourth due to uh, the flu, but but he is fine. That's it. You saw, you saw him work out this morning and everything, right? Saw him work out this morning and, and – uh, Maybe he didn't have the usual life that he had, but he had more life than Manny has on his best day. Uh, I say that, I say that uh, tongue in cheek, but also truthfully, we all know Manny is like Allen Iverson. Okay. Practice. No, that's not true. Manny works very hard. You just can't tell when you look at him. Uh, right. That's the beauty of Manny. Whereas Tatis is usually jumping around like a little kid. Um, and, and he's not doing that now, uh, which is understandable. So, but he lost one pound and he's, he's okay. Uh, he'll be back out there. So I want to make sure we understand that the uh, savior is is all right. And three three weeks from today is opening day, so plenty of plenty of time for him to uh, to get ready, and and hopefully for you to get ready, Kevin. You're gonna three weeks enough. I think three weeks will be enough. Uh, you know, I don't complain about watching baseball, but uh, spring training does get a little uh, monotonous. Uh, but there's lots. Look. Here's the great thing about covering this team this year. You're not making up stories. Uh, and I say that, obviously, you're not fabricating stories ever. But, like, there's a difference when you are writing about a bullpen like this, a starting rotation like this, players like Fernando Tatis and, and uh, you know, Manny Machado, Trent Grisham, then, not to disparage anyone, many of the guys you would be writing about <laughs> in previous Padres seasons. So it's fun. No, no rule five stories. You know, we haven't had a couple of those. Haven't had those in a couple of years. If all goes well, Luis Perdomo. Right. Wow. He's got a lot of promise and, and that sort of thing. Exactly. I think we should start where I pretty sure maybe not the Tatis episode, but pretty sure where we've started every episode, Jay. And that's, that's the pitching this year in one way or another. They are the big story virtually every day out here. Right. And I, I think a lot of that is because, you know, the everyday lineup is you figure is pretty much set. Again, I'm still expecting Cronenworth to be the starter at second yes. base. And every and beyond that, I mean, we pretty much know where everybody's going to be. You know, we'll wait for batting orders and things like that for whatever that is worth. And we kind of know the pitching, except I, I was very interested to read the story yesterday and in this morning's paper after Mackenzie Gore's outing, where Jace Tingler is basically saying, if I read this correctly, that there's a job, at least one job in the rotation that's open for one of, and it seems like it would be one of those lefties that's going to get a shot to start at least at the beginning of the season until Lamette is ready, or maybe even after Lamette is ready. Morhone, Gore, and Weathers are were the three guys that were that were mm -hmm. mentioned at this point, you've seen them up close. Uh, how would you rate all three of them and, and sort of their, their chances in, in being, you know, who's one, two, three to be number five right now. So in terms of results, you might give Weathers the edge a little over uh, Gore, and then you would say more home in terms of stuff. You'd go 
Gore, Morahone, Weathers. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to be a coach or a scout. I always give that disclaimer, but uh, that's, you know, based on what I've seen and, and what people I've talked to. You know, Gore's results yesterday, he gave up two runs on four hits in the second inning. He got behind in counts. Uh, he left some fastballs fat, and that's what happened. There were still pitches in that inning. And then in the first inning, striking out uh, Trevor Story with a changeup, uh, or no, it was a, the second uh, the second strike was a changeup and then a 95-mile-an-hour fastball up. Mm-hmm. And then getting uh, Blackman, Charlie Blackman, to look at a slider. He uh, got a, um, their leadoff hitter, McMahon, on a uh, backdoor slider uh, swinging. McKenzie Gore's stuff plays in the majors like if he's throwing like that. Right. Mackenzie Gore is the guy, I think. That said, two starts in. He's been a little wild in both starts, and he's got to get that under control. They can't have a guy out there like that. Now, they need this fifth guy. They might need a sixth guy if Lamette can go because he would be limited, and all starting pitchers are limited at the start. Mm-hmm. They need length out of the bullpen. They need innings. But you can't just throw a guy in there. You know, oh, he's our guy. You got to have a guy who's going to give you five if, you know, provided one of those guys is going to give you five. Uh, but I, I'm telling you, don't look at the results on Gore. Gore looked good yesterday. Do you think you're, we're still looking at a situation where, and I realize there's no minors to send him to, what, for the first month or so, but do you think they still want Gore to be the guy that, if he's going to be out there at all, he's going to be starting as opposed to we've seen Morahone do both. And, you know, Weathers, I I could say we've seen him do both, but I mean, he had one relief outing in the, in the playoffs, which uh, admittedly was, was impressive. Although it was kind of, if I remember that outing correctly, it was kind of interesting where he sort of pitched around. He was walking guys, but you felt like he was almost intentionally walking them to, to set up matchups. Uh, yeah, they and, put a lot on that kid's plate that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and again, I mean, and they'd be putting a lot on Gore's plate as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's part of what I wonder. I mean, he, he has not faced opposition hitters until this, you know, for over a year until this spring. Um, and is there any sort of caution that they'd be rushing him or do they think that he's, that he's mentally in a position where if he did get roughed up like you know they're not gonna be able to pull the plug in the second inning like they did yesterday with two outs uh he's gonna have to pitch out of it or they're gonna have to bring in somebody else but do they think he's at a place mentally where if he did get roughed up for a couple games it wouldn't you know do anything for him and against him in the long run well he's got four starts to show him that that he can do that right Uh uh, i believe after this weekend you're not rolling innings um, and so, oh, okay. you, you know, he's got those four starts. You're right. Morahone is the guy who has done it both and shown that he can do both. Now that could either be, Hey, we just don't think Mackenzie Gore is ready. We're going to have Morahone there, but you're not going to then have Gore in the bullpen. So I think you have to put Weathers in the bullpen because you've mm-hmm. got to, you got to have length. Not only, um, are you at the start of the season where the starters don't go as long as you would expect them to later? You're coming off a season where starting pitchers only went 12, 11, 12, 13 starts. Heck, Joe Musgrove went eight uh, relievers through 22, 23 games at the most. And the Padres have 24 games in the first 25 days. This is not a typical April for the Padres by any right. means. So you've got to have length out of the bullpen. And, and all the guys that we think are in the bullpen, Pomeranz, Pagan, 
uh, Pierce Johnson, Tim Hill. These are one inning guys. These are one inning, maybe Craig Stammen for two, Tim Hill for one and a third. I mean, they've got to have length. So there's a lot of like calculus going on here. Um, the thing I, that I'll circle back to is Morahone. That might be why he ends up in the bullpen because you're going to start Gore and you're going to put Morahone in being your, your long relief guy. I was just going to say, it almost seems like you're saying we could see Gore and maybe Weathers too. If you're going to go six and Lamette's not ready, both those guys could end up getting starts. And then Morahone is sort of on call. On, There's uh, so many ways to do this. I don't days. think they can, I don't think they can build bullpen days, like have a, have a Gore Weathers or a, you know, a Gore Morahone because you don't know what's going to happen in the other days. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, you, that, that's the thing. You, you don't start out with bullpen days in the beginning of the season, um, unless you're the Tampa Bay Rays and that's how you built your staff. Um, but you know, here's the good thing. Long-term as this bullpen, and I'll be writing about it this weekend is undergoing a transition year, you know, from guys not really very often throwing back to back um, them being very careful how they warmed up guys in games, you know, because that's taxing too. And, and they're going to throw two or three times as many games, but as the season wears on, the good thing is they should be expecting six from Snell, you know, maybe longer, uh, six, seven, eight from Darvish, uh, same from Musgrove, uh, and, and, you know, hoping that this rotation is a, is a quality start rotation and, and you don't have to rely on the bullpen so much. But early on, this thing is like a Rubik's Cube. Right, and I'm, I'm looking, you've got one, two, three, four, seven straight games to start. So, I mean, we're going to need to see, I, I would think that's where you could end up seeing Gore and or Weathers against the Giants that at the start of that first full week. And then, yeah. as you said, I can't even count this high, but I think it's 17 and it straight would be 17. Games. Yeah. yeah. 17 straight games from the ninth through the 25th. And, and of those 17, seven are against the Dodgers. So, um, and be three an in Texas, where everyone in the state will be allowed into the ballpark. That's right. That's right. Lucky, <laughs> lucky you. I, I won't ask you to. Go, I won't ask you to go through the stands and talk to fans for uh, for stories. You can stay in that. Isn't that press box one of those ones that's like ten miles high? It is, um, but they have a Texas-sized. It's almost like you know that uh, video board at uh, Jerry's World at AT and T Stadium. Right next to my seat there, since I spent quite a bit of time, actually, uh, yeah. at Globe Life Field last year, is this monster, like 150-inch TV. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it is very high looking down. I actually really like the ballpark. Um, all right. So, Jay, have we talked about uh, the pitching enough? There's something really interesting to me going on. What is that? We always want to hear interesting stuff. I don't know if this is, you're going to make fun of me. This is one of those things where you get into this like myopic. If if you're, if you're not watching later, you're listening. I got my hands up to my uh, eyes. Like I can't see the forest for the trees. They've got guys that in the bullpen, let's see. I think it's uh, Altavilla, Adams, Guerra and Taylor Williams that have no options left. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jorge Mateo has no options left. This isn't a team anymore that's going to build around options. You know, like, uh-oh, you know what? We're not very good anyway. We're gonna, we want to keep Jorge Mateo. We don't think, oh, there it is. See, I told you how that happened. Did you see that? How I just went Blair Witch Project on you? I did. I did. In the media room because I haven't moved in 20 minutes, so the lights went off. <laughs> so now I'm walking around. Oh, yeah, this is good stuff. Great. <laughs> Wouldn't even have said anything except that we are live here on, on Facebook uh, at the start. Uh, so anyway, about these options. 
in the past, it would have been like, oh, we got to keep an eye on this because, you know, they want to keep Jorge Mateo long term. They're not going to expose him to waivers um, because, uh, you know, another team might get him and they want to keep. Well, if Jorge Mateo is not one of the top 26, then he's probably not on this team because the Padres are going are in it to win it this year. Um, the pitchers might be a little more. Um, you know, might play in a little more. Uh, you're like, oh, man, Dan Altavilla, he hasn't had a great spring, but we really like him. We right. can't give him up. It's six of one half and does the other. Anyway, it's going to be really interesting. Jorge Mateo is playing second base today. Not starting, but he's playing second for the first time. So we're this is his first time he took infield drills uh, hmm. in the morning. They, he's, uh, what, he's got like a 475 on-base percentage uh, this spring. Um they're trying to find a way. And right now, if you had to make a roster, he's on it over Brian O'Grady. I'm convinced of that. Well, it's so. interesting that at, at everything in the spring to me, it, I mean, you talk about sample sizes during the regular season. It's really s- small sample size during mm-hmm. the spring and who are guys hitting against. And and it, it's it's look, they know more than they, they surely mm-hmm. know more than I do. Uh, and, and I think they even know more than you do, but, <laughs> <I'm far. laughs> but, but it's, it's, it, you know, it's sort of one of those things. How much can you put in spring training games as opposed to what you've seen? It's almost like, you know, we both covered football for so long. It's like, how much, how much would you put in, in exhibition games as right. opposed to what you've seen the rest of the time in practice or in previous seasons and, and things like that. You know, if, if Taylor Williams has a couple of rough outings in the spring, does that mean that, you know, okay, we're, we're just going to dump him and forget the reason we got him in the first place. I, and I don't know the answer to that question, but it, it, it's one of those things where they're, they, I don't envy making decisions like that when you've got this many guys that have talent, because at some point you have to sort of weigh that, Mm-hmm. What have we seen in the last couple of weeks as opposed to what have we seen in the last, uh, you know, last year or two? That's a great point. And that's what weighs into this, this topic that I'm talking about here. And they don't have the luxury with a Taylor, Taylor Williams, whose ball is moving a lot, but unfortunately it's moving out of the zone a lot. He's got six strikeouts in he's got six strikeouts in, is it four or five innings, but he has like five walks and a hit batter. Right. Um, so you're, yeah, you're weighing that and you don't have the luxury to say, Hey, you know what? We're going to let him work on it a little bit at the alternate site uh, this year, you know, or, or triple A. You just don't have, you know, maybe you get him back. Maybe he's not picked up by somebody, but mm-hmm. I bet you he is. Um, so anyway, I think that's, that's going to be interesting to watch is that, that, that bench spot, you know, you come in and, and the Padres are talking up Brian O'Grady a lot and he can play first and all the outfield positions, but you know what? Jorge Mateo. He gives you a lot on the base paths. Um, you know, this will be interesting. There's a, we're, we're back to playing some National League ball this year in particular. He can play all three outfield spots, the primary left and center. He can play shortstop. Uh, he could play third. Eh. Um, and he can play second. So, And they have other guys that, um, that can right. play. Right, I was going to say, they've got Kim to play all around the infield uh-huh. uh, when they need it. And they've got um, – you could always play Cronenworth. We saw Cronenworth at first base. Uh, last year. and (laughs) I mean, that was when we really kind of first noticed him was uh, at first base. So, so I, I'm not sure that, you know, it's like, well, this guy can play first probably isn't as big a, no, as big a deal because number one, Hosmer's not, is going to play most of the time. And you've got other guys that can, uh, can you got to hit, you got to hit and bring them something else. That's dynamic. You, uh, you gave me a good segue. I'm not going to pass it up. Kim Cronenworth, I've been talking up uh, Kim, and and he is a good player. 
He's got the dead legs right now. He's in his first big league camp and he is moving slow. Uh, he needs to pull out of that pretty quick. I still don't think the $7 million man's going down to the minors by any means whatsoever. Right. But Jake Cronenworth is having a heck of a spring at the right time. Not that it was really ever a question for, uh, for Jake Cronenworth. I really think that whoever was hitting best uh, was going to be the starter at second base. And it uh, head and shoulders right now and, uh, is, is Jake Cronenworth. So if, if that's the case, do, do we do you end up seeing Kim as just sort of a at least to start with kind of a mm-hmm. off the bench pinch hitter, um, you know, occasional start, maybe a, a double yep. switch type stuff. Uh, Absolutely, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna need guys. Uh, that's really the big deal like of that. why they got it is that versatility and the you know right. the ability to hit to the opposite side uh, from from Cronenworth, who's a lefty or a left handed hitter, uh, yeah. and so. I, I, I absolutely look either one, Which, whichever one guy's got the 820 OPS is uh, is going to be playing. And the other guy who's got the 795 best case scenario, I'm an optimist. Uh, that's the guy coming off the bench. And that's exactly what the Padres are trying to build. But I did want to update on that because I mean, Kim's, Kim seems like he's going to be a heck of a player. He's been struggling and and the explanation I got, and it does make sense. If you, if you look at him, he looks a little tired, a little slower. Look, this poor kid, has had to work with Bobby Dickerson more than anybody else. And Bobby Dickerson, I think, might be the best coach walking. But, uh, man, he's hard on you. And <laughs> poor, poor Ha-Sung Kim has to do it, you know, through a translator most of the time. Uh, it, there's a lot on Ha-Sung Kim's plate right now. In addition to catching up with 97-98, which you didn't see too much in the KBO. If only you could repeat some of what Bobby Dickerson says on the field. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I... So last year he toned it down when fans got near. Um, oh, so okay. yes, and 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 this year there is no toning down. No, it no is fans. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what the things the way he coaches. But then, and if you read my story in, uh, last week, uh, that's what I wrote about. He loves these guys, and they love him, and it is like, and you can see the difference between this year and last year a little bit. Last year is like. Oh my gosh, this guy. And, and, you know, but I think we all, if you played, if you played in high school or you'd be like, you had a coach like that, right. Who just, just rode you, destroyed you. And you just loved that guy because of what he showed you. And that's Bobby Dickerson. So one of my favorite people, uh, Jay, is there anything else on your, uh, your plate that, uh, you know, I haven't uh, covered for you and you've been going, Kevin, what are you doing? Well, that happens all the time. But. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what about fans no, in the stands, man? I was this just going to say, I'm curious what the even what the games have been like. I mean, I've, I've watched a little bit on TV when I can, but going to the other parks, uh, you know, at the I know you were where the, at the Rockies Diamondbacks facility yesterday. You were at the Dodgers White Sox facility the, uh, over the weekend. What's it like being at the at the games? What are the fans? What are the fans like um, at these games? How, how are they? How are they treating it? I've been trying to kind of piece it together because it's spring, right? And so it's a little bit more, uh, you know, quiet than it will be in the regular season. Obviously, there's fewer fans. It's just a little more laid back. Uh, every once in a while, there's a couple. There was a weekend crowd here for the it was the Royals when Darvish played. That was a very enthusiastic Padres crowd. Uh, and the, actually, the Royals travel very well in spring training, and 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 it was it was louder that day. It was um, last time that Tatis played? Would that have been Friday? Good ovation for Tatis uh, mm-hmm. on Friday. But sometimes it's been like 
wow, what are, you, are you guys here? What's going on? That's, right. that's spring training. It's like every game's like a midweek game between the old Padres and the white, the old White Sox. It's, it's just not one thing. <laughs> this will be funny. Speaking of Bobby Dickerson, there's no way that the crowd, if you've got 10,000 in, in Petco Park or anywhere mm-hmm. else, it's going to be as loud as normal. You hear things and it's going to be kind of funny. You also hear what fans say far more and it's pretty funny sometimes. Um, so it'll be like you're at a, at a college game almost. I mean, I love going to college baseball games. Um, you, you just hear the, the razzing and the trash talking from the stands. Right. You might hear that more this year. I don't know. Maybe the masks will muffle it, except in Texas where you're not going to have to wear a mask. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, that will be. No, no, no. They're saying you do. You, they're saying oh. you do have to wear a mask. I'm sure it's going to I'm sure it's going to really be enforced. With uh, the full yeah, they're all supposed to wear a mask, I'm sure, but it's voluntary. Voluntary. That was it. Voluntary. Okay. Yeah. yeah I saw that. Um, but but that would be an interesting works. aspect right there because they say they're not going to pipe in the crowd noise, which by the way, the players were very appreciative of that, you know, ambient noise or that it's not ambient uh, of the, the artificial noise, but the constant buzz kind of got to them a little bit. So I yeah. think they're really looking forward to, uh, <laughs> it'll be kind of weird. It was, you, you sort of thought like, what's wrong with me after about three or four innings every night. Yeah. I mean, I heard that I, I went out and, and saw a couple games with you last year. And that was the one thing that was sort of weird. And you, where you really noticed it was after the game when they turned it off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the buzzing was gone. It was like, Oh, that was what, that was what that was. No, uh, I, 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 I was young or, I mean, I, was um young back when we called them like bars uh not clubs or whatever but it's like when you go to the club and then at two o'clock boom or you're at a wedding and then suddenly the music stops that's what every night at a baseball game was like you're right. like whoa what just happened yeah i mean i think that will that will be nice not to uh not to have that and uh yeah. but the language is something i mean i i know uh i was watching a a, a soccer game the other day and uh, from from Eng- from England, and and you could hear this guy just go, ah, you know, f off, right, all, plainly plain as day on the uh, on the on the microphones, and the and the announcers are always quick to. I, I love Arlo White on NBC always says, I apologize. We apologize for the fruity language. Fruity. Uh, <laughs> Well, that you, here's the thing that you may have heard, but so I, I think there, you're still going to hear some fruity language uh, at the, at these games. Well, well, here's the thing about baseball viewership too, Jay. One of us on this uh, this uh, hot lava podcast is just over the average age of a, a baseball viewer, and one of us is just under the average age. And what I'm saying is, the sensibilities of some baseball fans um, might be offended this year i think uh more than say your your average maybe millennial soccer fan or or such um this will be uh i I look forward to some emails telling me that uh these these boys are being bad uh because (laughs) there's they're not any way around it i'm sorry there's just not um so all right i'm gonna go watch uh, as we tape this on uh, thursday can't believe i'm getting the days right still at this point i know but uh tape this on thursday i'm gonna go watch joe musgrove's uh, second start Make sure you uh, move your move your clock ahead on uh, on Saturday, or at least your. You, I, I know you probably are too cool to wear a watch, but so your phone will go ahead automatically. But uh, make sure you uh, make sure you remember that it, you're not late to games starting on Sunday. Do you know how many times? Because like, there's like I travel a lot. Time zones don't mess me up, except this one. Do you know how many times <laughs> I've headed over to the ballpark an hour early because I was like, oh. 
oh gosh, I got to get going. Um, and no, I don't because I got the time. I don't know. Anyway. All right, Jay, everybody really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Sounds great. Thanks everyone.